So I'm going to read to you from uh, Mark chapter 4, uh, starts with the, uh, with the 35th verse. So just listen, listen for this and just hear, open your mind to what God might be speaking to you. Open your mind to any words or phrases or, or, or things that jump out or make connections with, with you or your wife. Well, let me set the stage. Jesus is in Galilee. So Galilee is in the northern part of Israel. That's, that's where Jesus grew up. So, so I want you to imagine um, what we would now call pastoral hillsides, right? Some a little bit rocky, but mostly covered uh, with, with, well, depending on the time of year, green or brown grass, because it's quite hot, but, um, but rolling hillsides, perhaps sheep and goats around up on the hillsides, crops planted down in the lowlands closer to the water. Um, of course, the Sea of Galilee is there. Uh, Jesus, has been, Jesus has been teaching there for a while, and he's been, because he's been, um, he went back to his, home, back to his hometown, and then, and then he's, been, he's been teaching around there and, and, and talking in parables, of course, um, and asking them questions like, if a lamp is brought in, is it to be put under a bushel basket or under the bed, or is it to be put on the lampstand? Or the kingdom of God is if someone would scatter seed on the ground. Or the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And he's been teaching in parables to the masses, and, and it says then to his disciples he's been trying to explain it because they're stupid. Well, parables are hard to understand sometimes. So they're probably, of course, near the Sea of Galilee, because you're always sort of near the Sea of Galilee. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, or a great squall arose. Some great words used when they translate that. And the waves beat into the boat, so the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern. Kids, what was he? Jesus was in the stern. He was, he was what? Asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace! Shalom! Be still! Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and confusion and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
Sometimes God, or it feels to me sometimes that God is asleep. You think about things that happen to people that you know. Just let's get real close to your life. Think about the things that happen to you. The inexplicable things. I'm not talking the -the run-of-the-mill cold or flu or, you know, you stub your toe. Though those things are really irritations and drive you crazy. But just the inexplicable things. Like like the the people who, you know, seem to be doing okay, and then all of a sudden, a car crash. Or they find out they have two months to live. You know what those are. You've experienced those kinds of stories. And you think, huh, where's God and all that? And then, of course, on the larger scale, it's easy to, it's easy to think about, especially in today's 24-hour news cycle, it's, it's easy to, to say, where in the world is God working? Where is it? Is God asleep? I know none of you are old enough to remember, I think it was the cover of Time magazine when it said, God is dead. I mean, that was, what, four decades ago? Five, maybe now? I lose track of time. I, I was alive in the 1900s, so, you know, some of you, many of you weren't. But I was alive in the 1900s. That's a Rob Bell thing. He just did a podcast where he said, I'm alive in the 1900s. I thought it was really hilarious, so I thought I'd share it with you. But I was alive in the 1900s. I mean, I lose track of time after it gets to 2000, for whatever reason. I just, I, I, we're, we're, in the, we're fully into the second decade of 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 the 2000s, and I can't remember, anyway. God is dead. I mean, is it no wonder that people have questions like, what, what, is, what is God up to? Especially when we went, went over time, we have read stories, people have experienced God healing and cleansing in everyday life, and yet in some situations, that miracle never comes. Or at least the one that was hoped for. There are people that get sick and they die. They don't recover. There are people who struggle with addictions and they relapse 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 and their families just get so tired. And I know they wonder, God, are you asleep? We're being swamped here. And in a sense, if you think about the world and all of its people, we're, we're in the same boat, aren't we? Because no, no matter how affluent we are, no matter how destitute we think we are, the storms will come. The troubles and the desolation and the, and the fears and the worries that can eat us up and eat us alive, they come. And it can feel like the boat's being swamped and God is asleep. 
in the stern. So I want to to talk about this scripture a little bit more in detail and then come back to that. So what you need to know about Israel at this time is that so on the Galilean side, that's, that's Israel. That's, 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 it's under control of the Romans, but it's, but it's seen as, as Jewish land. But on the other side of the Sea of Galilee is a foreign land. It's Gentile country. And if you're a Jew, you don't go there. You don't do trade with those people. You don't hang out with them. That's how, that's how, you, that's how you become ritually unclean, uh, is, is by interacting with Gentiles, um, you know, trading with them, that sort of thing. And so you, you stay on your side. You stay, now, you might go out in the Sea of Galilee to fish, but you don't, you don't go to the other side. You don't, get off, unless you, have, you don't get off on the other side. And so it's interesting here, on that day when evening had come, um, and, I, and I don't know, any, has anybody ever navigated a boat in the dark? Yeah. Hate that. I mean... There's just this murky, inky blackness out there and some lights, and I'm colorblind. So I don't know what's green and what's red. And so, you know, that's the lights on a boat are green and le- red, green and red, green and red. Yeah, no, you don't, that, yeah, that's not where I need to be. But they, for whatever, when evening had come, which is the beginning of the day for Jewish people, of course. So maybe there's some significance there, but they're going on the boat. And he says, let's go across to the other side. We just think, oh, well, they're just going for a boat ride. No, I mean, there's something, and you'll see in the next passage, but, but he's going across to the other side. He's now going to go interact with Gentiles. There's no way he can't. And maybe also that he just wants to get away from the crowds. He's been teaching. He's been, he's been with them. They've been pressing in on him, all that sort of thing. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat. How else are they going to take him? What? Is he supposed to walk across? Right, yeah. We'll get to that later, right? Um, but this, so the interesting phrase here, it's fascinating to me. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Again, my question is, how else are you going to take him? I have no idea what this means. So I just, if you figure it out, let me know. Because I studied this. I tried to figure out, and maybe it's, maybe it's the way we're translating it, but it's just fascinating to me, just as he was. I'd love to know, what, why, why would Mark include that just as he was? Here's the other one that I've always missed in this passage. I don't know if you caught it. Other boats were with him. I'd never thought about that. Like, I mean, the boats that they used, they, did, they couldn't fit 13 people in one in general, not in a, because they were probably just using their regular, like, fishing, what would be like a canoe for us, a, large, a larger canoe. But they, probably, they wouldn't generally put 12 people in them, 13 people in them. And so other boats were with them. I, huh. So now, so now you start thinking about this. So you've got this little caravan of boats, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing. I'm guessing they're rowing. I mean, Sea of Galilee is not, as you look at it, is not that big, but it's, between a, it's basically between a mountain range and sort of a rolling plains on one side. So storms come up very, very quickly, 
Very, very. When we were out on the Sea of Galilee, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a Chamber of Commerce day. I mean, this is the time when you bring people that you want to invest in your country because it is gorgeous. I mean, it was gorgeous. The sun was out. It wasn't, wasn't hot, but it was just beautiful. Sea was calm. But storms, they told us, storms do come up very quickly here. And so, as it was, here they are, their little caravan of boats, however many other boats were with them. So it wasn't just this one boat, which I'd always thought it was. A great windstorm arises. The waves beat in the boat. Um, The boat's already being swamped. And Jesus is in the stern, asleep on the cushion. I love that little detail, too. Jesus is in the stern, asleep on the cushion. I mean, how many cushions do you suppose they had in the boat? Probably not that many. I mean... These were, I mean, a lot of them, were, a number of them were fishermen, so, you know, they're out there to work. They're not sitting on some cushy cush. Not like we do, and we go out in our boats, generally. Asleep on the cushion. And, I mean, so now, now just imagine this. Like, the boat is doing that thing. You're, so people are nauseous. Maybe not them. Maybe they were used to it. But people are nauseous. People are scared. They're probably yelling at each other. You know, row this, do that, get over there, move this. And Jesus is asleep. Just like my dad and his barca lounger after lunch. I mean, that man can still. I just imagine, I sort of imagined um, Jesus like my dad who was sitting on our deck while Adam is mowing the backyard. Like right by him. He's just, right? So Jesus is asleep. And so it's a little weird. Like you go, Dad, wow, he's really asleep. And then for the disciples, they're like, well, this is our leader. Like, does he not give a nanny about us? He's asleep. Does not care. Because that's the, that's, that's the assumption they make, right? Jesus does not care. And that's what they say. They wake him up. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I'm guessing the language is maybe a little more direct than that. I mean, you know. He woke up and he rebuked the wind. You have any idea what rebuked means? No. Has your dad ever told you to quit doing something you're not supposed to be doing? Many, many, many times. Many times, okay. All right. You, sir, received a rebuke. That is a rebuke. The word here. Um, is epitamao, which is the same rebuke that Jesus gives to the unclean spirits in other parts of Mark. So, the, the, way, the way he speaks to the spirits, the unclean spirits, is the way now he's speaking to the wind. Peace. Be still. And here, and, and, and of course in our text, it has exclamation points in the Greek. There would have been no, no um, punctuation. So we don't know if he just said, peace, be still. Or if he screamed it out, yelled it. Exactly. Like they would do in a Marvel movie, right? They'd, right? We don't know. But then he says to them, 
And I've thought about this a lot. Like, how did he say this to them? Was it with that mom disappointed kind of voice? Why, why are you afraid? Do you still? Do you still? Do you still have no faith? Is it like that? Or is it more like a rebuke? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Look what I just did. Jesus never says that, by the way. He never, he never, he never, he, he never boasts about the, the thing that he just did, but just, that's just an aside. But, but do, you, do you still have no faith? And what I think is interesting, interesting there is, is that throughout the scripture, and this is sort of in a theme of that, that when, whenever, whenever people encounter the holy, the, the first words are fear not or do not be afraid, that sort of thing. But, but, never, but never is there, is it said, does God say, there's nothing to be afraid of. You hear me make that point with the, with the kids. God doesn't say fear not because there's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus doesn't say, why are you afraid because there's nothing to be afraid of? Why are you afraid? I'm with you. I'm in the boat. I'm present with you. At the, at the, at the end, when, when, when he leaves and he gives them the great commission... Go therefore and teach and baptize. He says, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. Forever. And of course, just like us, the disciples are filled with great awe at that, right? I mean, again, if you place yourself in the boat and all of a sudden, that's how it happened, right? It just stops. They're like in awe, but they're also confused because they say, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Who then is this? And I think that question, that question can have two sides to it. Is it a question of fear? Who is this? Oh my God, what, what have we gotten ourselves into? Or who is this? Is Jesus? Is God asleep in the boat? Like, who's going to show up this time? Or is it a question of faith? Who is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this that we can trust is with us. Even when it feels like everything is going the wrong way. Even when it feels like our little boat is being swamped and we're afraid that we're going down for the last time. And so I'm not telling us that we shouldn't ask the questions. I mean... I think that's what, that's what keeps our faith alive is when we say, God, where are you? 
Are you awake? And we begin to open our eyes to look for where God is, for those places, for those times when there are people that are serving God with love and hope by serving others. And, and like I said last week, those are not the things that make the headlines. Who are those people that have been ministering to immigrant children who've been separated from their parents all these years? However long it's been happening. We don't need to debate about that. Who's been doing that? Somebody's been doing it. I, I can guarantee you there have been Christians, people of faith, people who care, who've been ministering to them and caring for them in some way and shape and form. But that's not going to make the headlines. We know that there are, there are people ministering to those, those immigrants who are coming from, from wherever they're coming from. We know to the adults. We know that there are people there as well. That's, that doesn't make the headlines. If you think in your history, there have been people who have ministered to you when the boat has been being swamped. And that didn't even get even close to page three in the Times-Dispatch. But it's a headline in your life. And so I don't know, I don't know where you are personally, I know often where it seems like our country is at this time in our history and sometimes our world. And so when you ask, when you ask that question, who is this? May it more often, may it more often be a question of faith than a question of fear. And when it is a question of fear, may you know that Jesus, that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is with you, present in the midst of every difficulty and pain, present in the midst of every joy and wonder. And may you be in awe of the presence of God that happens so quietly in our world and in our life. And may you then answer the call to be one of those who works not only to make the headlines to change our world, but works behind the headlines to love our world. We're all in this boat together. And God is with us. Amen.